Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. Okay, I'm here with my friend Tabitha Panariso. She lives in Colorado. She is a writer, teacher, preacher, speaker, and a trauma-informed therapist. So Tabitha, all those things you do, tell me how your story got you to the point where you are so involved in so many people's stories. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, thank you for having me here. Yeah. I not think of anything else I'd rather be doing than hanging out with you right now on the comeback couch. Yes. That's not that right, right? Yeah, That's the, the comeback. comeback couch. We're just chilling on the comeback couch. I'm just chilling here. Me with your Coke, me with my coffee. That's right. um, yeah, yeah. Just ch- that's what I t- before we started, I told Tabitha like Coca Cola should sponsor me during this pregnancy because it's I chug it all day long. It's not healthy. <laughs> I don't recommend it, but it's all it's what I have to have. <laughs> it's survival. Um, and man, that is a pretty big question that you just asked me. Um, gosh, I was actually just thinking about that while I was driving this morning. About I was. You know, Colorado, while it's known for the mountains, it's also, if you live here, no, it's known for the construction. And (laughs) I have been surrounded by construction lately. And usually it doesn't like impede my day. You know, it, it, it's fine. It just, it's scenery. Right. But lately it has really been just rocking my world. Mm -hmm. I'm late constantly. I find myself actually having to take real life detours, like having to turn around Mm -hmm. um, multiple times. I'm not kidding when I say I have to do um, a detour twice to get my kids to school in the morning. And I'm a usually pretty patient person, but it has really been aggravating me. And, And I was just thinking, this morning, Lord, this is actually what my life looks like. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd like to think that it's been easy coasting and that I've always known what I've wanted to do or how I've, you know, that I've had this expectation for what my life would look like. But the truth is, um, no, that's a lie. <laughs> you know, I think when I was younger, I was very, um, motivated. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what I wanted when I got out of school. I knew that I wanted to have a career in school counseling. Um, I was pretty certain I wanted to get married. And I was pretty certain that eventually I'd like to have kids. And, you know, I I checked all of those things off of my list. And then I had no idea what was next. Um, and that was a pretty hard and difficult season for me because I didn't, I hadn't realized how much of my identity I had put into the things that I do. Mm. And so God really had to take me a step back from all of these things that I put my hands to. And for a few years, I was a stay at home mom and 
that was such a sweet time of really pressing in and leaning into this idea of being content where your feet are and mm-hmm. not constantly striving for the next thing. Um, and really just trusting that the Lord will work things out, which as a believer, we hear that often. And it's one of those things that we hate to hear because yeah. it's really easy to say, but it's a lot harder to walk out. And we just don't want it to necessarily be true. Yeah. We want the plan. And, um, you know, sometimes when I look at my life, I'm pretty certain that God has really just shined the light on literally the next step, like right. the next day. And there's been times where I haven't even known where I'm going. And so that a long way of answering your question is that I've been obedient to the Lord one step at a time. And through that, I was a counselor. And then I felt like I needed to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And then as I was a stay-at-home mom, the Lord compelled me to start writing and diving into this world of ministry. And so I began to do that, not knowing what would be next or what would come from it. Um, and then, you know, I tried my hand at all of these different things and it's been really slow. And here I am just in this year alone doing things that I didn't think I'd ever be doing again. I'm, uh, I opened my own practice and I'm counseling again in a different, uh, format with, with adults instead of children, you know, I'm speaking, I'm writing. And if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I thought that would be my life, I would have told you. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, and really, I think what's put me here is obedience. And that's how I've become involved with so many different things and put my hands to so many different things is just letting the Lord lead me. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said the one step at a time thing. Um, yeah. I don't know where I heard this and I wish I could remember. It was on a podcast the other day, but mm-hmm. um, someone said, you know, the word is a lamp into my feet, a light into my path. And when they broke it down, it was like, if you think about holding like a lantern and you're mm-hmm. walking and it's like lighting up your path, it's not like a kitchen light that's like lighting up the whole entire room. It is lighting up the next step and then the next step. And you cannot see very far ahead of you, but it. I, I think that's the way God intended his word and his love to work is like, hey, if you'll be obedient, trust me, I'll take you one more step and then one more step. And so often, like you said, we don't want it to be that way. We want to see the whole big picture. And it's like, when will we ever learn? Like, we're not getting the whole big picture. And thank God, like, it protects (laughs) us from like, if we saw it all, we'd be too overwhelmed or afraid or whatever. But knowing that like God has you in that next step is such a big thing and such a big part of faith. But I think a lot of times what we do is we think, well, she must know the big picture. Like God must be giving her like two steps instead of just the one. Like she seems to be a step ahead of me and a step ahead of everybody else. It's just not true. Obedience looks different for everyone. Um, Our stories all look different on purpose because they reach different people. And so, okay. So in your counseling practice, whether Mm -hmm. in the past or even now um, that you Mm -hmm. started back again, how have you seen, people's stories like differ in ways that that play into the world around them Um, because a lot of people don't realize I think that hey my story is specific for my life because I can impact the people around me 
So how do you mm-hmm. see that play out in your office while people are like pouring out their trauma to you? Mm. Well, I mean, I think basic is that our past history informs our presence and and often can significantly dictate our future, mm. right? And so what brings people to my office is a combination of what they've experienced in the past colliding with what feels overwhelming in the present. Mm. And that says a lot about how they're engaging not only with themselves, but with other people as well. Um, We can't separate our history from our lives. Mm. Yeah, that's so So good. It's it's intertwined. Um, And oftentimes I think we're uncomfortable with that. And while therapy has become, you know, a far more acceptable practice to engage in, it's still difficult to come to this place of understanding that you have to look back in order to look forward. Oh, that is so good. (laughs) Like so many of those things, I'm like, I always say, I'm like, why do I not have a pen to write down the things that people say on this podcast? Because when you talked about like people's past colliding with like how they're experiencing their present, I'm like, why have I never thought about it like that? Obviously that's what like lands you in counseling, which in my opinion, everyone should be in counseling, but at some point in their lives, because it is so important to look back so you can look forward. And I'm like very passionate about that, which is why I started this podcast. It's like, you have to look back at the beginning of your story. And I'm not saying like relive the trauma or, you know, I was just with a group of ladies that I work with that um, are in a program, like a drug rehabilitation program. And they've been through some hard stuff and someone was given a message and they were saying, you know, like look forward, don't, don't go back, don't go back. And I was like, you know what? Don't, don't go back and stay there, but definitely you need to look back because God brought you here And now that you're here, you can Mm -hmm. see where he was and you can see like in the now, when you look back, you can see, oh my gosh, God's hand was there. And I know that this happened because that happened. And it's just so important, um, not just like as humans, but as believers to like go back and see God and see that he was in your story all along whether you believed it, whether you knew it, whether you were pursuing him, like so many people I talk to who've like left the face. They're like, when I look back, like he was still there. Like I left him, but he didn't leave me. And Mm. that's, that's so, I love that you said that because I don't think we do it enough. And I don't think we do it enough. I I know I don't like looking back Mm. even over the past year or looking back over the past month, because, you know, we, we rush through and then, 10 years from now, we look back and say, oh my goodness, that was part of my story. Well, I really think it's so important to like remember God in your story yesterday and see how that's like informing your today. Um, Something else I wanted to ask you because we have a lot in common. (laughs) And if people don't know this, it's like scary. We're just a lot alike. If you're like into the Enneagram, we're both Enneagram threes. Like we're just, when we've like been together in person, it's like, this is weird. Um, it's we're Twinkies. We're Twinkies. We really are. Um, and something I feel like you and I 
talk mm-hmm. about a lot and maybe we've never even put a name to it. But mm-hmm. as we're sitting here like on this podcast called the comeback couch, do you yeah. feel like, because I do, <laughs> your <laughs> life has been a series of comebacks. Like, do you feel like it hasn't just been that like, silver platter story of like, here you go. Life is, which I know no one's really is, but do you feel like specifically for you, your life has been a a series of comebacks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it took me a long time to come to this place of realizing that I'll never arrive and Mm. being comfortable with that and okay with that. Um, I recently read this really great poem and I, I can't remember the author, but it's called Unstoppable. And she talks about how she stops and stops again. And um, at the very end, she says, maybe it's stopping that was her power. Mm. And this idea of turning this thought of being unstoppable and motivated and attempting to achieve all of these things, we like to think that, you know, it's this, like you said, someone's just handing it to us on a platform. And the reality is that when I look at my life, I see so much doubts and fear and discouragement. And I can't even tell you, Caitlin, how many times I've wanted to quit. (laughs) Hey, preaching to the choir. All, you know, um, just quit it all. Like I, I fantasize sometimes with my husband because he's, He's like a mountain, like a mountain man, like a true um, yeah. mountain man. And it would give him nothing but joy if I were to tell him, let's just pack it up and like be somewhere in the mountains where nobody can contact. <laughs> <laughs> Off the grid for real. Off the grid. And so sometimes <laughs> there are times when I'm like, this is not working out. Or there have been so many times where I'm like, Lord, how how could you bring me this far only for it to fall out from mm. the bottom. I, I don't. I don't understand. Um, you know. You know this story, but there was a time where, you know, in particular to ministry, Instagram has become kind of essential for writers mm-hmm. and speakers as a, way, a means to market or advertise themselves. If you, if someone listening didn't know that, um, and so at one point. I felt the Lord compel me to delete my Instagram. Oh, I was literally going to ask you about, this was my next question. See, we're on the same. Yes. Keep it going. Let's go. Yep. And so, and, and I had worked, I had, I had a small account. It wasn't like, you know, we're not talking like a a massive amount of people were following, but I had worked hard for what I had established there. And the truth is I had to put a lot of hope in it propelling me into the place that I thought that I wanted to go. And God was just like, I think you need to delete this. And I just, it's so, it's so embarrassing to say out loud, but I mean, I cried and I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't think I can delete this thing. I mean, this is, this is the vehicle in which I need to drive in order to get to the destination that I pretty sure you asked me to go to. Yeah, you told me to go. And he just said to me, Tabitha, if if I if you believe that I was the one who helped you get this far, then don't you believe that if you had to start all over again, that I could bring you this far again or mm-hmm. further. And I and I was like, all right, 
okay, I, I guess I'm deleting Instagram. And so that was, I don't know, I think that was maybe three years ago. And then it was, it must've been nine months later, felt like he asked me to start writing again and get back on. And so there are these moments where I'm just like, I don't understand God's agenda or how he works. But the, the, where I put my faith is not in understanding the agenda, but in the Lord himself alone, that he knows better than me what my heart needs and what I need to grow in um, so that he can grow things through me. Um, and, and that's where I have to honor him. Like I was thinking about that scripture you shared about the, the light being, um, the, the lamp being the light to our feet. And I think so often we try to look around the light mm. or we're more focused on where we're walking. And I think, I don't know, I, I think that the point is to look into the light mm-hmm. that that God is really trying to remind us in whatever season that we're in that like his presence is the prize, not all of these other things that we're striving and hustling for or dreaming about. They're gifts and they're blessings and and they're wonderful, but ultimately it's being with God in the process that matters the most. Oh, that's so good. His presence is the prize. Hey guys, this is Caitlin popping in for just a second to tell you about our season one sponsor, Harp and Timbrel. They are a super cool Alabama-based company ran by a husband and wife team. They specialize in custom products to celebrate all of life's special moments. From baby hospital signs to larger signs for rooms and nurseries and even milestone cards and little ornaments. I had one on my Christmas tree this year. They create each design to fit your unique need. And they are offering an exclusive discount to listeners of The Comeback Couch. That's you. You can get 15% off your first order with code COMEBACK15. That's C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K-1-5. You can go to harpandtimbrel.com and their Etsy shop. You can even join their newsletter for additional discounts and promotions. And I, like I said, I was literally going to ask you about that because... <laughs> I just feel like that is such a part of your story. And I actually think I met you via Instagram when you came back. Yes, so I, it you know, Yeah, we didn't know each other before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we met and we ended up becoming friends and finally being real life friends. Um, yes. But I always really, really loved that part of your story because mm-hmm. it's like a, it is a comeback story, but it's. I think we, we hear when we hear like come back the phrase, we Mm -hmm. think like, um, like a sports comeback and like, Oh my gosh, he quit. And he like, he came back five years later, like whatever he retired and he's back. But I I think it's not always this like fancy loud coming back. I think a lot of times it is like a crawling back. It is like, okay, I'm back where I started. Um, Mm -hmm. But with God, like that, none of that's the point. Like he is the point, like you just said, like Mm -hmm. he is the prize. And so when you come back and it's not even like a coming back to faith kind of thing. I mean, sometimes it is, but I think a lot of times it's just like a a bunch of tiny little comebacks because I always describe my trauma in, um, in therapy, which this is getting like very personal and very deep, but 
when I talk to her, I'm like, I don't feel like I've had a lot of big T trauma, like a lot of large trauma in my life, but I've had mm-hmm. like a thousand little cuts. And yeah. she literally looked at me one day and was like, I just want to validate you that sometimes that is harder, like for, for a, a certain person, you know, no, you yeah. can't compare trauma, but she's like, sometimes that feels worse to have a thousand little cuts instead of breaking your arm once. Um, yeah. And so with that, it's like those thousand little cuts have turned into like a thousand little comebacks because you just have to keep coming back to him and coming back to knowing that it's, it's only him. So how do you, how do you practically Mm -hmm. in your everyday life practice him being the prize and not getting caught up? Like as an Enneagram three, we both know, like it is so easy Mm -hmm. to just want to, even if it's not on a big level, like achieve, like, great, got the laundry done, made the kids lunch, they're behaving, everything's awesome. How do you like stay away from that mindset and stay just like in his presence asking for a friend who is me? (laughs) I need help in this area. Um, Practically. I think the first thing that I would say is surrounding yourself with people who anchor you and who don't buy into the hype. (laughs) You know, I think having people who can call you out on your attempts to be more than you are. And I don't mean that in like, um, obviously you want people who believe in the potential mm-hmm. in your potential sure. but to really anchor you in like what they know is your priority in life and keeping you accountable to maintaining some congruency between who you really are versus this ideal you that you're, that's sort of always lurking, you know, around Mm -hmm. the corner, kind of taunting you and teasing you, sometimes guiding you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one way. And then, I I don't know, it was maybe two years ago, I started taking pictures of the sunset Mm -hmm. every, every night. And for some reason, that has been this really beautiful ritual of reminding myself of how small I am in comparison to God. And that brings me back to understanding that my part doesn't have to be big, that the the smallness that I play is actually really quite beautiful because it gives me this ability to see God in his glory Mm. instead of instead of attempting to take up all of the space instead of him. Um, so those are two things that I can think of off the top of my head that keep me anchored, you know? I love that. And I love the the relief that like being small brings, that we don't have to play the main character role all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I think that there's such a, I don't know, hype out there right now to like, take up space and main yes. character vibes. And like, I, I love it. I love the whole, like be confident and own your story because I have had the pendulum swing quite the opposite way and like mm-hmm. shrink back and don't be too loud. So everyone else can feel okay. But I think there's such a sweet middle where it's like, I don't have to also like be the loudest in the room or take up the most space um, for the sake of me. Like, if 
if I'm doing that or if I'm somewhere where that's happening, like, is it for his glory? And am I doing the same exact thing when I'm at the sink washing dirty dishes? Because I think what happens is we get really obsessed with that feeling of like being big that when we are in the small moments, which are 98% of life, like even, even celebrities will tell you like theirs is more like, you know, 80, 20, because they're big on the big screen all the time. But like, even they will tell you like most of your life is made up of the small moments. And so if you can't be like still and content in those, like you have to figure that out because it is about him. And it is about, I love that you said that. Like when, when I get small, I can see him in all his glory. So when I am like wiping up waffles off the floor for the 15th time, like (laughs) <laughs> there's literally a waffle, like a, I looked down and there's a piece of a waffle under my feet right now. So um, we've, we're in the toddler throwing food phase. So, um, but when I'm doing that, like, am I angry and like, God, why am I here? I thought you were taking me this place. And I thought that I was going to be this person. And it's like, whether I am or I'm not like I'm his and this is for him. And whether I'm like writing or speaking or wiping up waffles, like I'm the same and he's the same. And that's, that's where we have to stay. Um, How have you seen that in particular and just Mm -hmm. like your story in general play out in relationships over, Mm -hmm. over your lifetime recently, Mm -hmm. however you feel like answering that. Like how has this all impacted me? Mm -hmm. Hmm. a good question, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hitting you with the like really like broad, deep question. And, and just so everyone knows, I don't like give my guests um, questions ahead of time because don't. I don't. <laughs> I like her to be like really raw and spontaneous, but in saying that you got to give them a, you know, a little time to think. <laughs> I think for me and for who God has made me to be and in realizing my personality. Um, and caveat to that, I'm not saying that as like using my personality as an excuse or justification for my behavior, but just coming into a full understanding of how I operate and what I need. I think that I've realized even, even pertaining to that community aspect that there are people in my life that I wanted to be part of my life that weren't necessarily meant to be. Mm -hmm. And um, in hindsight, weren't good to be. Because instead of anchoring me, I felt compelled to perform or be something other than what I was not. And there's this drive that I have now, you know, being in my mid 30s of really desiring authentic relationships and true, true relationships, relationships that can speak truth um, out loud to one another and who can be with one another in the mess. Because like you mentioned before, when you think about the comeback, the public only sees the back. Everyone else mm. sees the coming, right? Mm, and the coming that's a word. Is, is not clean. Not it's pretty. not pretty. It's it's a hot mess. And 
it really impacts you if you are surrounded by people who can't be in that part of your life. And so I've had to really understand what position or um, I've had to define the relationship with like different people in my yeah. life. It's not that I've cut people off necessarily. It's just understanding this is a person I can go to to talk to about these things because they're going to be in it with me in an authentic and um, even biblical way. And then these are people who who can't do that for me. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have different relationships, but it's my job to be able to navigate those relationships in a way that I'm not setting myself up for um, an expectation or setting them up for an expectation in which they're going to inevitably fail, right? And so just being really careful about the levels of intimacy that I apply to different Mm -hmm. people. Um, And that's just, that's been harder for me because if you know me, like I'm just very, I'm I'm generous in nature with my soul. And it's not hard for me to share parts of myself, Mm -hmm. but I found that, that I leave disappointed and I leave, um, sometimes angry. And so it's been one of two things, either setting a boundary with that person and knowing that I can't go there with them or, uh, preaching to myself the truth and, and knowing that it's okay for you to be generous but you cannot walk into that having an expectation on that person that they're going to respond in this such and such way. And so I've had to manage that um, really carefully. And and I'm really learning that right now in the last maybe two years, it feels like a constant refresher, you know? Oh, that is a whole sermon Um, (laughs) because I'm the same way. And it's like, I've always expected like, well, I'm giving you all of these parts of me. Like, aren't you going to return the favor or not even that, but like, aren't you going to like hold that sacred? Like I, please don't use it against me. And then they do and it hurts. And so I guess I've always felt up until now, something about when you turn 30, everything changes. We love it. Um, All of my twenties, it was just like, I felt like maybe it was wrong. And maybe I was like sinning to like guard myself in that way. Um, and yeah. it's, it's not, those boundaries are important and it just, it frees you up to give that authenticity to the people who are with you in the coming. I love that. Like the public sees the back, they mm-hmm. see like, wow. And, and even with these like athletes that it's such a big mm-hmm. to do, it's like, we saw them go back on the field, but we didn't see like the physical therapy, the the mental therapy, the like fights with their wife. Like we didn't see all of that as they were coming back. And like, you've got to be surrounded with people who can like get on the floor and clean up the waffles with you while you're coming because those are the ones who stick around. Um, okay. Last question. I wish we could talk for another hour. Um, but when you look back over your story, over your comeback or your thousand comebacks, Mm -hmm. what makes sense at the beginning now that you know how some of your story plays out? I I wouldn't use the word, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I would say that I see how clearly God has redeemed every broken and 
unsensical thing that has happened to me or occurred to me. And I think that his timing makes sense. Yeah. With that. So I think those two things in, um, intertwined together, the redemption aspect of it and the timing aspect of it, he's healing me and walking me through this process of like, of coming back to him, restoring myself to him. And in the process of that, leading me to this place of this looks like, this is what it looks like for you to be whole and to be operating from a place where you're anchored in me. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, it's those two things together that I look back and I see so clearly how God has married them to one another. And what I thought was God not showing up or God not providing the thing that I wanted was was really his compassion to me. And you're not you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. This isn't what you need yet. This is beyond your grasp. And and so it was in his kindness and his mercy that he's gone slow with me. Mm-hmm. And while I have felt frustrated with that and I have yelled at him and I've (laughs) cried, I mean, ultimately I'm so grateful for it because he's done it exactly at the pace that I needed to go. And I sometimes regret being so comparative with my life towards other people because I, I do forget that their stories are different than mine and that they're going the pace that they're supposed yeah. to go. This is the pace that I'm supposed to go. And if I do trust in God's sovereignty, and not even that, but if I, if I believe in his absolute love for me, that mm-hmm. he calls me beloved, then I can believe that the future that is coming and where I'm at now is exactly what it's supposed to be. And that's what allows me to be content in this season and and not so desperate to find out what's next mm-hmm. or look for the next thing. To look ahead of the light or look yeah. around the light. Yeah. Just yeah. to look into yeah. the light. And something I've been like writing down and telling myself a lot late a lot lately in regards to like other people's lives is I do not know what is going on in the backgrounds of their lives or the forefronts of their minds. And yep. with that, like you said, everyone's pace is different and um I I wouldn't survive if I had your pace or her pace like I need the pace that God has set for me and um and I that all made perfect sense by the way because if (laughs) if nothing else when you look back always his timing makes sense there are a lot of you're right you know and maybe I need to change the wording of that because it's like there are still things like if I sat down and like asked my mom about like losing her brother recently. Like she's like, that'll never make sense to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. But his timing and his hand and his love will always make sense. Whether you look back forward here. Um, I love that. And I love you. Thank you so much for pouring out all the wisdom. (laughs) I'm gonna have to go back and take notes because this was really good. Um, okay. Tell everyone where they can Mm -hmm. find you. Um, I know you have some new projects in the works. So any of that, Mm -hmm. that you want to tell people where they can find your words. Yeah. So two places right now. I'm on Instagram. However, I'm not sure when this is airing. Um, yeah. By the time by the time this airs, I believe you'll be back from your okay. break. Okay. 
So, okay. Um, so Instagram is a great place. And then I recently launched a Substack, which is essentially a newsletter. And I call it the honest guide, speaking of the lamp, <laughs> the light yeah. onto our feet. Um, that's really the theme there is this idea of the Lord leading us through the dark and what it looks like to be persistent and keep going. Um, so that's where my words are right now. Awesome. And make sure you guys do go follow her. It's at Tabitha Panariso, right? And yes. I'll have it um, in the show notes too, so that everyone can go okay. follow you and go check out her Substack. I love you so much. And I'm thankful for your story. Thank you for having me. <laughs>Hey, thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me. You know, I'd love to hear from you. Questions, feedback, and even requests. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show.